Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. person what i said hello my favorite person oh hello to you too no (laughs) you are probably the only person on the face of the earth that does not drive me insane or push me over the edge yay which is surprising because kids usually do yeah you don't you i don't think you ever have really oh you're so lucky i am (laughs) I am so lucky, but I I have to tell you, I'm like on the brink. I know I'm always on the brink when I talk to you, but I'm seriously on the brink of a nervous breakdown with this kitchen thing Mm. and life in general. But today it's the kitchen thing because they finally showed up. They took forever to put the doors in, the replacement doors. The guy was called away on his phone every time I turned around. One of the doors is damaged. And I go walking into the kitchen and it smells like smoke. And I'm like, what is happening here? And the guys, one of the guys is sweating and the other guy's not there. And he said, I leaned against your range and we had a blanket over the top of it to protect it. And the range came on and caught on fire. Oh my fucking God. You've got to be joking me with this. I am not. I'm not. I'm not joking. Oh Don't my ever... god! I thought you were gonna say cigarette smoke, like one no. of the guys oh was my smoking. God. No, he caught the blanket on fire. <sighs> is the range okay? Yeah, the the range is okay, but that is when mother lost her mind. <laughs> well, rightfully so. And I How fucking said, stupid. Can you be? I told them you have to be careful with that range. Uh, public service GE Cafe very expensive range and if you push on the handle on the knobs the it will ignite usually yeah. you have to push them and turn them and then they start igniting but oh, no but this, this one's not like that no and there's no adjustment in the book the manual just says be careful wow that doesn't seem like a good safety feature what if you had little kids it's not a safe no you're right it is a very dangerous feature so be very careful if you are looking for a range a gas range because um there is nothing to protect the knobs from catching on fire. I was so pissed. The guy went outside and I said to the other guy that I normally deal with, I said, I can't, and this is literally what I said, can't fucking take it anymore. I need you guys to get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. It's like one thing after another. They can't get the liner out that the other guy put in for the vent. Wedged in there, they can't get it out to remove it and return it to the manufacturer. Oh my God. I said, you know, for everything I've been through, considering I originally had the correct vent and you guys just didn't know it, 
and it had to go back and now I'm waiting forever, you should pay the extra $150 for me to buy it locally and get it because I need you guys to get in here, get done and get the fuck out of my house. The other guy comes walking back in and he says, are you still doing remodeling? And I look at him and I go, not with you guys. Yeah, you guys are horrible. And by you guys, it would be Home Depot. And yeah. normally I would not have used them, but they're apparently the only game in town. And of course, Angel was outside and in my room for two and a half hours. Now that they're gone and she's back inside and I'm trying to do this, she's barking and crying because she needs to go out. Okay. <laughs> you want to let her out? Yeah. Hold on for a minute. Okay. Okay. Seriously, don't know how I am not locked up in a mental institution. I mean, coupled with the information we discussed last night, I don't know how I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I, I, it's wonders never cease. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to put all that out of my mind and adjust attitude here. Okay. I, I'm waiting for her to come walking back in and wipe her spit all over me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear God. Okay, I'm I'm ready. How are you? I'm good. So, since we're talking about stove um, incidents. No, no. Oh, God. Should I tell the listeners about what happened to me one time with my stove? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I could have killed you. But go ahead. <laughs> my husband she... was none too happy with me. Yeah, let's just disclose at the beginning. This is a public service announcement of what not to do in the event that this happens to you. Go ahead now, tell them. I absolutely agree with you. Do not do what I did in this situation. I came home from work one day and I opened the front door to the house and I walk in and it instantly smells like gas, like natural gas. Mm -hmm. it's a very distinct smell for anybody who's in the United States. You know yeah. the smell immediately. Yes. They and put the smell of rotten eggs in natural gas. So that you're aware of the fact that something is, leak. you can smell it. Yeah, because it's otherwise odorless. So I go in the front door and the house smells like gas. And I walk through the front and I'm like, that's weird. Like, what? what is going on? It's not until I get to my stove that I realize that one of my burners is on, but on, but not ignited so and how did it get turned on for pete's sake did you leave it on when you left the house what do you think happened i know exactly what happened mm, okay yes you know what happened too so yes i do your stove is like burners on top obviously where else would the burners be mm -hmm. so your stove is like burners on top the knobs are like perpendicular on mm -hmm. the front end. So my stove is not like that. My stove is like burners on the top, knobs on the same plane as the burners in the front. So they're like facing upwards, whereas yours are facing to the side. Yeah. So because I have two cats, mm -hmm. one of my cats must have walked on the stove during the day, Lord only knows when, twisted one of the knobs and therefore started the gas leak in the house without, you know, obviously igniting it. I don't know how long it went on for. As soon as I realized what happened, I instantly freaked out. And I did what this is now the point you are not supposed to do. Yes, when you realize don't, the gas don't leak. do this. What you should do is call 911, but let's talk about what or call the gas company, but let's talk about what Rachel did. Yes, yeah, so I would advise leaving <laughs> the house immediately and calling the fire department. Immediately. 
what did I do? I was home alone. Then I'm instantly starting to freak out about the pets because I had at that point I had three dogs and two cats. I'm like, oh my God, all my pets are going to be dead because I don't know how long this has been happening. In absolute disregard for my own safety, I ran through the entire house. I opened (laughs) every window I could get to. After you turned the gas off. Yes. I'm okay, not, thank God. This is where my stupidity ends. I turn the gas off then with the stupid starts. I open all the windows and then I go out and like I get the dogs. I throw them in the backyard. The cats were upstairs. Of course, they were fucking fine. Those little assholes. Yeah. I go in the front yard. I like call my husband who's like <laughs> not home. He's like off with the kids. Mm, at least the kids weren't there. No, the kids were with him. Thank. Oh, and also thank God because sometimes the at this point, this was pre-COVID, kids would walk home from school by themselves without us. And so they would have been the first ones in the house. Yeah. So that would have also been fucking catastrophic. Yes. I call my husband from the front yard and he does not normally get sincerely upset with me, but he was fucking livid. Good. And I went through the house and opened the doors and opened the windows and fucking checked on the pets. And like literally to the point where it was so strong in the house, I was like holding my breath and also like hyperventilating, trying to go up the stairs to get yeah, to the windows. Like let's a tell people moron. You let's tell people a little about your house. It's a big house. It's two stories. Two story. The ceiling in the front of the house goes all the way up. The front part of the house goes all the way up to the roof line. At the time during the day, we had our dog kennels upstairs in a special, like we had like this like nook area mm-hmm. for computers in the nineties, but nobody does that anymore. So this is what we've converted to the dog area. So, so the, of course whole I went house, upstairs, how, the whole how? fucking house was full of gas and yes. I'm a dumbass. Yes. And I, I freely admit, do not do what I did. And to this day, I do not leave any of the plugs for my burners on the stove. The knobs. The knobs, thank you. I take them out unless I'm using the stove, at which point I remove them from the bowl on the counter, (laughs) insert them into the stove and use Mm -hmm. them. I'm an idiot. That's all I can say. So be careful if you have cats and you have a stupid design stove like mine. Let's just talk about the, let's have the debate settled once and for all as to whether cats are in fact evil because yes they are i'm sure they're gonna soon figure out how to take those fucking knobs out of the bowl put them on <laughs> the fucking and reinsert them <laughs> and reinsert them and do it again so in the event that you know have you told the girls if they ever smell gas in the house to get the fuck out we had to sit in the front driveway for hours that night while the house aired out before we would go back in so the, i'm sure the kids remember this clearly oh okay good in the grand scheme of shit that have happened in my kid's childhood this is probably (laughs) a flash in the pan (laughs) yeah crazy shenanigans their mother has gotten up to oh my gosh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm, life is so good yeah so on that note can we jump back in yes let's now that our public service announcements are out of the way yeah with stove safety Mm mm-hmm (laughs) the do as I say not as I do lecture for our audience so this is part two of broken by the horde king by Zoe Draven so we're starting this episode at chapter 31 of the book so if you haven't listened to part one now's the time to you know exit the stage left yeah 
and go back and start from there because we're not going to recap what happened in part one. So you're going to be very confused. Yeah, let's just say where we we left off where he had finally told her, you're getting in my bed. You're staying in my bed. Yes, we left you unsatisfied last mm, time. You so can't we, have that. We have a lot of making up to do. Yeah, we're <laughs> sorry. Let us make it up to you. Yeah. By telling you what happens. Oh, and a lot happens from here on out. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you want me to start or do you want to start? No, go ahead. Okay, so chapter 31 starts with Maeve and Kieran waking up in uh, his bed because now she no longer has a tent to sleep in because he's decided she's just going to be with him from now on, mm-hmm. as these alpha males do. Yes. So they wake up in his bed and she is basically rubbing all over him like a cat in heat. Mm-hmm. Who can blame you're... her? I would uh, too. Yeah, not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he is like behind her in the bed and she basically says like, you know, touch me if we're doing this, we're doing this. Like she's ready. They're both ready to go. So they're going. Yeah, he's been rubbing his ginormous penis up against the back of her body of course yeah Mm -hmm. so i don't think we mentioned this in part one but the dakari males have tails and i don't think we said that before oh we didn't and not only do they have tails they have a bump above their penis Mm -hmm. that perfect placement but i have a comment about that Okay. Vibrates and moves as they are getting into sex. So the problem with that is that is awesome. But every time they pull out of you to pummel you again, that's breaking contact. And that would probably make me angry. Yes, I could see that. All right, then. They're in his bed and she's, um, he takes his tail and wraps it around her thigh Mm-hmm. to hold her legs open. I thought this was so hot. It was hot. <laughs> he goes, Dakari tails were strong, almost all muscle, though they were incredibly flexible. <laughs> she thinks she wouldn't have been able to break his hold even if she wanted to. Not that she wants to. So he proceeds to touch her all over, does a little, you know, double clicking of her mouse, mm-hmm. as I say. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they end up, well, not they, as soon as she ends up finishing. Someone comes up, up to the freaking tent to announce that Kieran has to go somewhere else for his horde king duties. Yeah, which but is that's very annoying. The price that you pay when you're of a car. You know, at least she got hers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the least that he owes her after all this shit he put her through when they were younger. The very least. So he goes to leave the tent. He's obviously very sexually frustrated, but his sweet side is now coming out and he gives her a gift. And so the Horde Kings have like chests of gifts that they collect for their like future brides. I think he takes it out of one of the chests, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. And okay, so it's a gift specific to her it's a necklace that has the sefi flowers in it and sefi is his nickname for her so it's very meaningful that he's giving her a gift of this flower and he's bringing it from that chest yes and i loved this 
because he had it made a very, very long time ago, and he was going to give it to her on one of the occasions that he went back to see her, but he was not allowed to see her. Yeah, he wanted to give it to her before he left, but because her father wouldn't let him in, mm-hmm. he wasn't able to. So it's very sweet. Yeah, so he's been hanging on to this necklace for nine years. I know. Uh, yeah. Swoon. Swoon again. Oh, and in addition to the flowers, there was a little glass clear pendant hanging off of it with light gray sand in it, which was sand from her home. Oh, yeah, from the sea, right? Because yes. they grew up by the sea. Yes. Oh, so, so sweet. So she would, swoon. Because he wanted her to go to the horde with him as the healer. And this way she would have always had a piece of home with her. Yes. Uh, he's Very so sweet. Probably- if I had met a man sweet and thoughtful, but no, finally very assholes. So go ahead. You're using your microphone, right? Yeah. Can you try to like uh, plug it in more or something? Because you're breaking up a little bit. I don't oh, know if it's okay, the microphone hold on. or what. Is that better? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's weird. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was my internet connection because I started the call or if it was the microphone. Who knows? Not me. Technology. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so... They go their separate ways. Maeve has a conversation with Gabe. That's the human male. That's the friends with the pregnant female. The one that she was dancing with at the feast um, when Kieran interrupted them. Oh, yes. In the last episode. So she has a conversation with Gabe about why she left the feast so suddenly and kind of clues him in as to her history with Kieran and how they grew up together. Yes. She also is kind of firmly putting him in the friend zone yeah poor gabe i know he so he was we find out a little bit more about gabe and abby the pregnant female he knew her for a couple years and they were together under the dead mountain which is where the gerton live they're not very prominent in this book but they do play a bigger role in the prior books that we haven't covered yeah so we get some uh, good backstory on him and Abby, and um, we find out about how he liked Abby. But basically, Abby was not really interested him in, in him in that way. And he thinks it's because he reminded her too much about their horrible experiences in the Dead Mountain. So Abby, of course, has a Dakari male mate. Yes. Maeve does a good job of kind of making Gabe realize that it's not all the time that a human male is going to lose out to a Dakari male. Yes, because Dakari males are big, built, muscular, dominant males. Mm -hmm. And they got that tail and that special thing above their penis. Yeah, yes. And so Gabe's like, how (laughs) can I possibly compete with that? And so she's trying to make him feel better going, you know, not everybody, you're not going to lose to a Dakari male all the time Mm -hmm. yeah like keep trying but like not with me so they have a good talk and he ends up following her back to the healer's tent and she offers to um, you know give him some small jobs around the tent things that he could help with so he feels useful yes because normally he grows he works growing crops and because the frost is coming that there's nothing he can do now because the ice is going to come and he needs something else to keep him busy yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He's like yeah. a, one of the farmers there. Mm-hmm. Can't be a warrior because he's not a big, strong Dakari. Poor guy. Yes. Poor Gabe. Um, I like Gabe. I liked Gabe too. Um, he's like a cinnamon roll, but he is. Know, we prefer the alpha holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, we're so messed up. So while she's doing all that stuff with Gabe, Kieran is off. He's with Eric, his second in command. And he finally gets that Thesper, which I think is like a bird, right? It's like a bird I, creature. I think it is, yes. Okay, yeah. So that thing comes back with more information on the red mist and the fog and the situation that's happening in the Deadlands. But the Thesper came back and it came back sick and exhausted from the journey. And that journey should have been pretty easy for it. So that's kind of concerning that the ant, the creature is, you know, usually it would be able to come back and immediately go back out again with another message. They're like carrier pigeons, basically. Yes. This one's so exhausted. They're like, okay, well, this is concerning and we're going to have to let it rest. Yeah. And Eric's asking him, do you think that's why all the other animals are leaving the lands? Because this mist is making them ill. It is definitely concerning when you pair it with that thing never being there before. And like you're saying, the animals going to places they've never gone before. Right. So all of these things are adding up to be more and more concerning. Kieran does have a really good talk with Eric, though, about Eric's intention of going to the next trial. Yes. Which the trials normally happen every five years, but now they're going to have one pretty soon because of the red mist situation, because of the Gurton thing that I mentioned has happened in the prior books. So the king has... I think they're only happening a year apart at this point, the trials. Right, instead of every five years. Yeah, and so they had a really good conversation where Kieran is sorry that he's probably going to lose Eric as his second in command, but he agrees, like, you were always meant to lead, and it wasn't really fair that you weren't allowed to participate in the prior trials. I'm going to be sad to see you go, but... Like, I wish you the best. I really liked it. Yeah, it was a really good conversation because Karen knew that this guy was meant to have his own horde. So, you know, he says, I'm sorry to see you leave, but I understand why you're leaving. So after they're done, both of them, Kieran returns to his tent because he never got his last time. (laughs) He goes straight for it. And he like insists that she takes her dress off. As soon as he walks into the tent, super hot. Yes. She takes a little too long to remove it and he ends up ripping it off her body. Mm-hmm. And he and thinks she was beautiful. He goes, I can be patient. Ray Seffi means my Seffi. Just because I know you'll feel my tongue between your thighs again before the night is done. So he goes down on her. Mm-hmm. And then he uses his tail a little bit more. He like curls his tail around her to like tether them together i love when he does that it's so cute i'm i hear noise background you know what that is that's my washing machine let me try to move my computer i can hear it okay hold on one second let me try to so because the I don't know if this is going to help, but let me try moving my computer to a different spot. Because my office, like, backs up to the backside of the laundry room. And I'm do, of course, I was doing a load of laundry because I didn't know when we were starting this. Mm -hmm. But you can hear the machine, like... (laughs) Oh, wow. I have really good hearing. I could hear it through the wall. Yeah, that's... It's pretty loud. I mean, there's, like, the pipes are in the wall that's connecting to where I'm sitting. So, Mm -hmm. sorry about that. That's all right. Did you move? I moved hopefully okay. it's a little bit <laughs> we'll see i don't know yeah getting back 
to them being in bed and he's going down on her. When he's done, he tells her, you are never allowed to wear anything to our bed. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind that at all. Yeah, and she's like, not even a scrap of clothing. And he's like, no. And He that, wants that constant and unfettered <laughs> access. Access to her, yes. Mm, yes. First growl rips from his throat. Uh-huh. He does a lot of good noises. Yeah, he does. He goes down on her. He starts to have sex with her. Oh, but God. She's, she's still, like, trying to close herself off from him, like, emotionally. This is so, so hot. So she could... Was it? She could be, like, physically intimate with him, but the, like, emotional intimacy is too much for her. So no, he, I mean how he addresses it is Oh, hot. yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, it is. So he tries to kiss her while oh. he's like having sex with her. And she like, she turns her head or something. So he ends up yeah. kissing her cheek. Yeah. She well, won't kiss him, which I think is stupid. Alpha won't go for that. So of course not. He like pulls out of her. He flips her over. He starts having sex with her doggy style because he's like, if she wants to make it less intimate, we're going to make it less intimate. Yeah. But then also thousand times hotter mm -hmm. he's like having sex with her from behind and he has a mirror in his tent yeah this is the like fanciest i mean he is the horde king so it's like the yeah. fanciest tent there is so he makes her watch in the mirror as he's doing this and profess that she is his yeah it was so hot yeah and he has yes he pit, he <laughs> leans her up so she's against his chest. Finally, one hand's on her throat. Oh yeah. Oh, there was a lot of throat grabbing, and it was really working for me. Yeah. He he wasn't choking her. People. I let's make that clear. Oh yeah. I no. I don't like that. But he had his hand on his throat, on her throat, and he's making her look in this mirror. Yeah. And he goes, "You're mine now." Ha hot. And he, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. This is why men need to read these kinds of books. I'd probably mm -hmm. still be married if I had any of my husbands had read this part of this book. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you never know. So when he finally pulls out, she's bleeding. And he didn't realize that she was a virgin until right now when she's bleeding. And he says something like, were you untried? yeah he thinks he goes i hurt you and she's like i'll heal and then he's like upset he's like were you untried and she's like yes it never occurred to him that she was mm -hmm. a virgin and i yeah. absolutely loved because i'm not a fan of the virgin trope yeah i'm not either i usually hate it i'm so glad that he didn't do the whole like i could feel myself pushing yeah through oh, come on time in and all how sensitive is your penis? If it's that sensitive, you're going to splooge two seconds into sex, okay? <laughs> your penis doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I was so glad when she turned out to be a virgin and he didn't realize it until he sees that she's bleeding a little bit. So he takes her to the bath to, you know, kind of clean her up. And at this point, she tells him the story of how she got that scar on his shoulder blade. Yeah, he, he cleans her up with a piece of clothing and then he picks her up, he takes her to the bathtub and he gets in the bathtub with her. Yeah, which is sweet. I love that too. In reality, I don't think I would like that, but in books, it's always really cute. Yeah. What do you mean you wouldn't like it? 
I don't think I'd want to be in the bath. I'm also not a big fan of baths. So like this would never work for me. Well, I'm not either. But let me tell you, it's great to be in a bathtub with a man. Okay. Like leaning against his chest like that. Yeah, it does sound really sweet. It is very sweet. Yeah. So he's cleaning her up and he's rubbing his fingers graze over the long scar on her back shoulder. And he says, are you ever going to tell me how you got this? And she tells him you're going to be angry. And it was foolish. And he realizes what she did. And he growls at her and says, you got it from that cliff, didn't you? And you had promised me you would never do that again. Well, she's not that great at keeping her promises. And she was so mad at him. Yeah, she wanted to hurt him. And that was a way to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And she just ended up hurting herself, obviously. Yeah. She has this gigantic scar on her back. Right. They talk about how his mother kept the news of her mother's passing Mm. and why he thinks that she would have done that and what was kind of happening in his life around that time. So they have some really good talks in the bathtub. Yeah. And does this happen at that point where he's thinking to himself, I have loved this female. He realized he loves her and he never felt right out on the wildlands. And he had found his mate, his Kasakari, mm-hmm. my queen, my wife, when I was 13 years old. And he didn't realize it because he was young. I love all of his inner thoughts because I do too. they're so good. And it really helps you understand where he was coming from. He thinks like, it took me years and years to realize that I had never been right because I'd been away from her. Right. And, and I, this is what the author does, which is so great, to get us to forgive him. Yeah, and we need to forgive him, but so does she. And he thinks all of these things, but he also doesn't waste any more time by not saying them to her. Yeah. Which that's, is good. That's a really important part. You know, and she does ask, you know, why do you think your mother didn't tell you when my mother, my Loma passed away? And he te- he ends up confessing to her that he had a really difficult time, the most difficult time with his horde, and he made a mistake. He claimed a land that was too close to another horde, and they ended up getting attacked. And they, one of his men got killed or some of his men got killed and the, he can still hear their wives crying in their tents as he's walking by the tents. Poor Kieran. I know. And this was the uh, Vokar, Vorikar of Wrath Delia. That is the king that attacked them. That's why he does not get along with this guy, which they meet in one of the other books and there's tension between them. And now we know why. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I I couldn't remember. He meets a couple other Vorikars in this book. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to remember which books they were from, books that we had read before this one, or if they're coming from future books. And I was having, like this one, I didn't remember. That's why they had tension before but she does a good job of kind of tying the other horde kings together in this story and in the other books yes but not so tightly that you're completely confused and karen tells her you know if i had known your mother died i would have been there i would have left even if it meant risking the loss of my horde Mm -hmm. because he was so new and so young he was the youngest horde king ever like you know quote unquote crowned 
So yeah, he so had a he lot ends, to prove. He did, and he he ends up turning her around in the bathtub, and she's finally they're kissing, right? Mm, I don't remember if they kiss right now, but they do have a good talk where she says that she wants there to be peace between them, and she's tired of fighting with him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he says I want that too, and he thinks to himself, she wasn't ready to give her heart to me again, no matter how much I desired it. But this time, I would cherish her love. I would treat it right. I would let it grow wild without feeling the need to cull it back. Oh, swoon. Swoon again. (laughs) Get your smelling salts ready when you read this series. Yeah, it is very romantic. Yeah. It's a little while later, and now we are in the healer's tent with Maeve and everybody. So because Gabe is in there helping do stuff in the healer's tent, he is now flirting with Heine while they're working in the tent together. Yes. And then Kieran comes into the tent and he ends up kicking everybody out. Um, there's a lot of really great like tension between him and her, but like sexual tension, not like angsty feeling tension. He says that he has to leave on patrol for that day, but he expects her to be naked in their bed when he gets back that night. Oh my God. It's so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She teases him about like she can't stay up super late at night because they're supposed to go on a morning run, which is something they used to do when they were kids. Um, He tells her a little bit about like the fog situation again. And he's kind of like, you should not leave the walls of the village because of the fog situation and everything that's going on. Right. Then I think it jumps to that night, doesn't it? He tells her you're you're going to have to wait on your run. There's a storm coming. And she's like, do you think it's going to bring the frost? And he says, I don't know. And she tells him to be careful as he's leaving. And then, you know, the next thing we know. Yeah, the next chapter opens with them having sex, which I didn't mind at all. Sure, who would? <laughs> They do it so well. They have sex. There's a lot of neck grabbing. Oh, he does finally kiss her and she freaks out. That This is when he finally kisses her on the lips, this chapter. Yeah, and there's something in the book that says kissing to the Drakari was a valued intimacy. Almost more intimate than sex in some ways. And her refusal to kiss him is a barrier that he does not want. Yeah, he wants every part of her, Mm -hmm. even this part. Yeah, and he says to her, do you want my seed? He calls her Kasari, which means love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All the pet names, I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he does end up kissing her. She does end up freaking out. Yes, but there's another knock on the Valiki tent. <laughs> I mean, for this fucking tent not having walls, they, it sure gets knocked on a lot. Yeah, they need a do not disturb sign. We're busy fucking. Do you mind? I mean, I know you people can hear them through this tent Oh my wall. God, yeah. They're constantly getting a re- interrupted every time you turn around. Like, as soon as they are alone together again, though, Mm -hmm. they do talk right away, which I really liked because even though they do get interrupted, it's not like they, you know, ignore the tension or what happened prior. They just, like, instantly go back to discussing what they need to discuss. Yes. Which is good. You know, they wasted enough time when they were kids. So now everything's like right on the table. And he ends up confessing to her that she was the last person that he kissed. Yeah, that was so sweet. He's never kissed another female. 
Yeah, since then, nine years ago. But after he does that confession, he ends up going outside to cool off and calm down because he's still really upset. Yeah, and, uh, you know, going back to her sister, LaRue, who we all really like, she, LaRue had had a talk with her before she left for the horde, telling her you need to start opening yourself back up and she's starting to think about what her sister had told her and she's starting to think maybe maybe I do need to start opening up myself to him and she realizes she has the power to hurt him too and she doesn't want that she does not want to it it makes her feel like she's being stabbed in the chest she doesn't want to hurt him yeah even though he hurt her in the past she doesn't want to be vindictive and hurt him now Mm -hmm. because she does care for him so she spends a little bit of the time of time in the tent kind of like mentally psyching herself up and she thinks like i can be brave and i'm not a coward and so i'm not gonna like hide in the tent while Kieran's out there and upset. So she ends up going after him, which I loved. Yeah. Because yeah, she, go get him, girl. Yeah, she's finally starting to think about being his wife and being the Queen of Horde and how she's really scared, but she's not a coward and she's not going to run from this. It's a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she leaves the tent searching for him and she's passing other Durakars and she's saying, have you seen the Vorakar? And they're like, he went down to the lake, but he doesn't want you to go outside the gates. And does she care? No, she just starts going. So she meets up with him at the lake and they have a good conversation there. She asks him, you truly want me as your Morikari? And he says, yes. And she says, I don't know if I can give you that yet. I don't know if this life is for me. I don't know if I can be apart from my family because I miss them so terribly that it aches. But I will try, Kieran. I want to try. Yeah. And she ends up straddling his lap, sitting in his lap, right? And he... Uh um, (laughs) His hands grip her her hips and... uh, He's so happy because now she's finally willing to think about it. And without hesitating, she leans forward and she starts kissing him. And and they have sex, right? Yeah. He he says to her, get me inside you, Sethi. Hot. Hot. And she's like, is my uh, Vorakar begging now? She's like, how could I refuse him? So, of course, they have sex. Um, They end up talking later on and he tells her he finally tells her that him and the other Vorikars are supposed to have a meeting in the Deadlands. Yeah. And uh, we find out a little bit more about the other um, Horde Kings. The most recent Horde King is actually the Dothakar's bastard son. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so he's got to have a future book, I'm thinking. Right. Because we get some pretty interesting backstory about him and how he and his father don't get along at all. Yes, they have two different points of view. And he never was able to have children with his wife, but he had this son with a mistress. And there's a rumor that the new Vorikar, the bastard son, wants nothing to do with his father or his throne, though he would be the best choice for the heir. And he would be the better king for Dakar. Right. When his father passes away. So 
very interesting to see, you know, when his book comes out or what his book's about. Yeah. And she's a little concerned because with all this going on, she's thinking maybe it would be better if you pick a female in the horde that's better suited to be your wife, because I don't know anything about because she grew up in the village and not in a horde. She doesn't know anything about horde life. And she says, I know how to, you know, take care of deliver a baby or take care of wounds, but I don't know anything about politics. And that's part of what you need to know in order to be part of the queen. You have to know what's happening politically. Mm -hmm. Even though she has all that insider knowledge about Dakaris, because she was in the other books, the humans that are paired up with the Horde Kings, they came from human settlements, but she's an interesting take on this because she's a human that grew up with Dakaris. Yeah. So she, she has Dakari knowledge, but it's very general because it's specific to her village. Like she never even saw a lake before. <laughs> so when she right. saw this lake near, she thought it was an, like another sea. So yeah, she has knowledge, but it's pretty limited. Yeah. And he tells her, I don't want any other female, but you, and I never will. Don't even think about these matters right now. Just be with me. Let me touch you and kiss you. Let me warm you in my bed. And if you find at the end of the frost that you do not want to leave me, that you want to stay by my side, you can be my horde queen and the healer. And you can bear my children. Oh, I love it. She could have everything she's ever wanted. That's right. So why wouldn't so, she take it? I don't know. So Maeve has some more appointments with Addie, that pregnant human. Um, Addie is very nervous about her delivery because her mom died in childbirth. Maeve has heard back from the other healers that she contacted about what they did for hybrid pregnancies because she's never dealt with a hybrid pregnancy before yeah this was um, scary well the yeah. other thing i don't know if we mentioned this but when she did the first exam on Addie, Addie's baby was breech mm -hmm. just like yeah. you were honey you were breech yeah. Yeah. um so she's concerned about that in addition to the fact that it's a hybrid birth mm -hmm. well because she's like i know in other pregnancies the baby is not supposed to be like this but she's mm -hmm. like i don't know if this is normal for a hybrid human delivery because she's never had a human delivery before right let alone a hybrid delivery so she's like maybe this is normal i don't know the doctor she heard from mentions in his letter one of the things he did was use this um plant or herb called the begalia to help the pregnancy the mom from the pregnancy he dealt with but stops bleeding it stops yeah, the bleeding okay stops the bleeding in the dakaris but a mave when she was younger she had experience with this personally and it made her very sick and was like a poison for her because she's a human. So humans react differently mm -hmm. to this plant than Dakaris do. And even in the doctor's letter, he did mention that the mom was very weak and was having some problems after he used this on her. Yeah, it was really scary. So she's kind of second guessing herself and this doctor. So that's kind of in the back of her mind. And after she does some thinking of what she could use other than the Begalia, she thinks about something called Adiri, which is a rare fungus that grows on special trees that she knows are near her village, and she's not sure if they're near this horde location. So she ends up leaving the village in, to go in search of this tree 
for this ingredient that she wants because the ingredient has to be treated and dried and all this stuff before you can use it. Yeah, apparently for a long time. Yeah, and Addie is almost at the end of her pregnancy. So she's like, I'm running out of time. I have to go like right now. Right. So she does leave the village. She has one warrior with her. Um, They do end up finding that tree, but you know, 2.5 seconds as happens when you're in the wilderness um, after they find that tree and she's able to like pocket a couple of these things, they are approached by a Polkunu winged creature with red eyes. And it sounded scary as hell. Well, isn't that the thing that his warriors killed at the beginning of the book outside of her village? Yes. It's the I same think it- thing. Yeah. Mean, yeah. scary. So she ends up getting injured by that creature, even oh my though God, her yeah. and the warrior are trying to run away. So she gets injured. Then we switch to Kieran's POV, and he can hear her screams. Oh, and he goes after her. Um, he was with some warriors returning from the village from something. I don't remember what. Um, he's on his pyroki, his like horse elephant thing. And it's so sweet because when he gets to her on his pyroki, that animal, animal's name is Rune, yeah. goes fight that creature thing and defend Maeve. Because he loves her. Because yeah. they, she picked him or she named him when they were children oh yeah she named him because he rune is part uh from his mother's pyroki the baby runes the baby was the baby when he picked Mm -hmm. him so they're very devoted so of course rune is devoted to her to her and him yeah it was so sweet but then of course i was freaking out because i was like not rune don't let him get hurt thing yeah and um kieran can smell blood and he's freaking out because he knows it's her blood yeah so he's trying to deal with mave he instructs the warriors to kill that beast which they do Mm mm-hmm And then normally they have such high respect for the land and the animals that they would like bury the body or like bring it back to the village and try to like use the parts and not waste it. But because of everything that's happening with the red mist and this creature being where it's not supposed to be, he ends up telling them to burn it. Just, you know, better safe than sorry, better burn it. I'm not sure what's happening with it. Um, He does take her back to the village and he gets to the healer's tent and... She's her injury is on her arm. Asir helps tend to her and also the guard that was with her, that her guard was injured as well, but not as I think not as bad as her. Karen is livid that the guard almost got her killed. Even though the guard is begging her, please don't go, he's gonna banish me. He stops and tries to protect her, but he gets knocked out by this thing. So she's very concerned about the guard because she likes him. Karen is very concerned about her because she's bleeding. So Kieran ends up demoting the guard. He wants to banish him, but he doesn't want Maeve to be like too mad at him. So he's like, you're demoted. You're he's basically makes him like a newbie soldier again. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. Yes. But he's just grateful that she's still alive. And he, he's like, I understand. I'm sorry. He's like, thank you, sir. Basically. And he like backs away. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Asira is terrified to 
work on her and she's like, I know you can do this. You can do this. You'll do a good job. Remember all the stitches you practiced on that root plant. Yeah, she's so good at like um, being like a teacher, calm. She's got like exactly what the doctors and nurses have in real life. You know, they're calm under pressure. Right. They don't freak out. So even though it's her that's injured, she's very calm, which is good because Kieran is an absolute mess. He can barely function. Yeah. He's a disaster. Um, He confesses to being in love with her. He tells her like he's freaking out just like he freaked out when Ugh. they were kids, when she got injured that one time. Or when she jumped off the cliff. He's basically tells her like, I'm scared and that makes me angry. And like, I can't picture a life without you. And even though we were separated all those years, you were still there. Like I knew you were still there. Right picturing my life without you there like is too much for me and I'm freaking out and she promises to not be reckless again well not only not be reckless that she won't leave without him Mm -hmm. as her escort yeah he goes ever since we were young that love has taken many different forms it's shifted and changed but it has never left, not for a single moment. I love and, that. I know, it's so sweet. And then she does question him about the guard and tries to change his mind about the demotion. And he goes, my mind is made up. And then she just says, well, let's unmake it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And doesn't she try to have sex with him? But he's like, no, you're, you need to rest. Okay, so she really wants to have sex with him, not just to change his mind, but because, of course, she can't resist him anymore. And who could? Mm -hmm. But he makes her wait an entire two days, which to her was, like, excruciating. Mm -hmm. Um, So they finally have sex again and they freaking get interrupted again (laughs) by someone coming to the tent these people need to leave the the horde area just so they can have some privacy and get their full rocks off yes yeah yeah every time you turn around this fucking tent is getting knocked on if the beds are rocking don't come knocking isn't that what they say (laughs) apparently that doesn't work doesn't work in the horde yeah, they need to like hang something from the, you know, like you hang a sock from yes, your dorm room. Yeah. Like, they got to figure out something to hang from the tent walls. Yes, but this time it's not for Karen, it's for Maeva, where mm-hmm. they tell her Addie's in labor. I know, my God, it's go time. It is. Addie's labor is very difficult, as we predicted. Yeah. She does finally have the baby. It's like, I was sucked in in this part. I was very concerned that she wasn't going to make it. I was too. And poor uh, Maeva has to make the decision about, does she go with the original drug that the doctor recommended, even though it can make her really sick? Or does she go with her gut and use this other fungus that she has used to stop the bleeding what is she what should she do and she finally decides to trust her gut because when she looks up Kieran is watching her he's giving her the confidence and the trust that she knows what she's doing yeah so she uses the medicine that she had left the village for yeah this part was kind of gross because after she has the baby that she starts bleeding and she says she packs her womb yeah It's like, you ain't packing nothing in me, honey. She was bleeding out. What are you going to do? So she like shoves a bunch of this stuff up her hoo-ha. Yeah. Oh, and Addie had a girl, by the way. Yeah, a little girl. Yes. 
and she tells her that I trust you. I, I trust that you know what you're doing. Mm hmm I know it's a big moment for her. It's a very Dr. Quinn medicine woman moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that show. Yeah, I know you did. I love her. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite actresses. Mm hmm That bitch. She's so gorgeous. She is gorgeous. I, yeah. I got a girl crush on her from somewhere in time in the 80s. I watched that movie at least 20 times and would love to go there on vacation, but okay. So at the end of the day, Kieran ends up telling her how proud he is of her. It was yeah. Very sweet. And he wants her to eat. You must be starving. You need to regain gain your strength. So then a few days later, Kieran is in, I think he's, my notes might be wrong, but he's in the east where the Deadlands are. Yeah. He has ventured to the Rath Kitala's horde. Mm-hmm. Um, Rath Kitala's wife is there, but we don't see her. She's like safely tucked away in the horde because she's currently pregnant with their second child. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember which book Rath Katala was. Was he book one or was he book two? I think he was book two. Okay. So it's Rath Katala's horde, but Rath Droka is also there. Rath Droka was book number three. Yes. He's the mad horde king. Mm -hmm. He is there with his white haired sorceress mate yeah. and yes. their babies. She had twins. She had which... twins. I know. Oh my God. That's a big, <laughs> big part from book number three. So if you read any of the prior books, this was a really good follow up for yes. you to kind of see like, where are they now? They all go to inspect the red mist, which you can see from this horde area yeah and he tells his wife you can't you're not coming with us and she goes oh yeah i am and mm -hmm. she's all i need to feel it because she is a sorcerer she can she has some connection with this thing so she hands the twins to someone to take care of and off they go uh kieran gets a little more info about the red fog wrath katala tells them all that they've noticed that any creature that passes too close to the fog gets exhausted which kind of goes in line with the thing that happened earlier in the book with that bird the messenger yes. that came back and um he says like his he was riding his parochi and his parochi got so drained that he had to drag it out of the mist. Yeah. So he, he oh. tells Karen, do not take your parochi up here because this is what's happening to these animals. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously concerned because they're like, well, we're basically animals ourselves. Right. So if this is affecting the other creatures, what's it going to do to us? So right. it's just more, more things and more concern building. Rath Droka also confesses to Kieran about his ability to see the dead and that his wife has powers, which is something we all know from book number three, but I don't think Kieran knew this before. Right. And she can feel the mist and she can tell when it's growing. So she says that it has grown a little bit, not much, but it's definitely concerning that it is growing. They all come to the conclusion that they want um, some priestesses to come out from where they reside. In the Apparently north. someplace they never leave. They never leave. It's in the north. Mm -hmm. So they want the priestesses to come down and inspect the red mist themselves. Well, they're forbidden to leave their temple. 
they're not supposed to leave their temple. And the sorceress queen says, well, they need to make an exception for this. And Kieran, you know, he can feel the fear burrowing into his chest that there's something really bad happening here. And he says, yeah, the, the priestesses must come or else I fear we are all in danger. I'm really hoping that one of these priestesses is a future female main character. But then part of me doesn't see how that could happen because all the females in this series are humans. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's I, possible or no? I Anything's possible. It's fantasy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, they kind of like because they zoned in so much on the priestesses, I just felt like maybe they're going to have a big part in the or at least one of them in a future book. Well, we can hope. Let's hope mm-hmm. they're making more horde kings. So they have to have more mates. Yeah. I would like a book where they actually mate with another Drakari. Okay. So that's possible. Maybe it's a Drakari priestess that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Fine. She she leaves her keep and she gets swept away by a horde king. That would be fitting. Yes, it would. So oh. it's a week after Kieran had left to go, you know, on this adventure, this meetup in the Deadlands. And Maeve receives a letter from her sister. Um, her father was seriously injured in an attack that happened on their village. Yeah. Oh, so she wants to leave Kieran's horde, even though she's not supposed to. She really wants to leave his horde and return to her old village to tend to her father. And she ends up talking to Eric, the second in command, and asking if he will allow her to use a parochie yeah. to, to use to travel back. Because they're like a day and a half or two days away from her father's village right he agrees but only if she takes no less than eight warriors with her for the journey yeah because he knows the vorakar will kill him if he Mm -hmm. lets her (laughs) he lets her leave (laughs) he agrees and so she goes off with eight warriors she gets back to her family village and her father has a big like um gash a big wound on his chest and he's not doing well he's got like an infection and a fever and all of these horrible things yeah and her sister is exhausted because she's been taking care of her father and you know she says that she regretted actually sending the letter to her because she was terrified this whole time that something would have happened to her on the way to her father. And she's like, it's a risk that she yes. like, just had to take though. Right. Because the other healer in the village, they have their hands full trying to take care of all the other people that were injured during this attack. And she says, she thinks to herself, well, I can sit, I can help with the other healer, but I can also spend use all of my healing abilities for my father i think she only ever tends to her dad right because he's so bad off no she goes after he starts to get better she does go okay she doesn't leave his side she's there stuck to her dad trying to heal him and break his fever okay so three days pass of her attending to her father. Um, his fever finally breaks, which is great. Um, she's able to relax a little bit. And she does talk to her sister and tells her sister that she's in love with Kieran again. Yeah. Which her sister knew would happen. Right. And surprise, Kieran arrives at the village. Of course he does. I loved it. I did too. He talks to 
Maeve's sister LaRue for a little bit, kind of trying to make his apology tour, basically, to her family. Right. Um, he also talks to his mom a little bit and his dad. Um, he gets mad at his dad and says, like, well, you should have sent for help. But then his dad's like, there was no time. This attack was... Oh, sad. Super sudden. So the attack was from animals, which I think were like the worm monster yes. tremor things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the dad's like, this attack's like never happened before. It happened at night. There was no time. Um, then he also talks to his mom and confronts her about her keeping the news about Maeve's mother's passing from him. And... I really liked that she tries to say that she's sorry and he does not forgive her right away. Yeah. And it's obvious to him that the father, his father did not know mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. The dad's like, what did you do? Yeah. What are you talking about? I think it's really uncommon for Kieran to have issues with his mom because usually him and his mom get along. And right. It's him and his dad who are having problems. Right. So for her to have done this is really like shocking for him and upsetting. So then a little while later, Maeve's father wakes up. Yay. Yay. Um, He's up and about and he dressed himself and um, her dad isn't happy that Kieran is back in her life, but he kind of accepts it. I don't remember if it's here or in a different chapter, but he mentions that her mother kind of had the gift of like um, foresight. Yes. And the her mom kind of knew that they were always meant to be. Mm-hmm. So and Kieran, go ahead. They have a very sweet conversation where he talks to her and tells her when he says that to her about her mom, you know, he says there's no amount of time for a father to prepare to say goodbye to the daughter. And when I found you in the forest, I knew you were a gift from Kakari herself. I know. It was very sweet. Uh, he's super sweet. Yeah, and he says, Kakari will lead you where you need to go, but the Saruk will always be your home. You can always come home. Remember mm-hmm. that. So now it's Kieran's turn to talk with Maeve's father. And he apologized to him about how he behaved when they were younger and the things that he did. And he ends up asking her father, and her sister was there as well. He's kind of apologizing to both of them. Yes. He ends up asking them if they will join his horde because he wants Maeve to be his mate. So he's like, I know this is your home in the village, but I know that her family is really important to her. So I would love for you to join my horde. And he even says that he'll give LaRue's husband a position in his horde. Yes. So he's really going above and beyond in the apology tour. Yes, he is. So then... Kieran ends up finding Maeve at their secret spot, Mm kind of where it all began. Yep, full circle. Mm -hmm. She's overlooking the sea, and he ends up telling her about a dream that he had before he returned to her. And he had alluded to this a couple times earlier in the book, like in his inner thoughts. Yeah. He's finally telling what it was. So he says that he had a dream from Kakari, the goddess that was of the two of them in bed and she was pregnant with his child. So sweet. And he just knew like that was the light bulb that clicked in him that he's been wasting all of this time. And he also tells her that he asked her family to join the horde and that the family agreed. 
Yeah. And so it's like a wonderful surprise for her. Right. And tells her your your family agreed. Your father had the condition, though, that he gets to come back every spring because her Loma is buried there. And he wants to spend that time visiting her grave. And he's very sweet. It is very sweet. And um, Karen says, yes, yes, I agree to that. We will bring you back here so that you can spend that that time with her. So now it's the epilogue. Yeah. And the epilogue says three moon cycles later. So I'm thinking moon cycle is their months. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's like three months later, they're fucking again. Sure, of course. Who wouldn't? (laughs) (laughs) If you're that good in bed, why, you know, why not? She's currently pregnant. Yes. Um, She's not super far along, but... She's definitely like, they can tell that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. They are going to be moving north soon. I think they're moving north to go to where the priestesses are. Yeah, so this takes place back in the village. So it's three months later. They've brought her father back. They are at the water. They're out by the cliffs. Because Mm -hmm. while they're fucking, she's looking at the cliffs to see if anybody can see them. They're on this small little private beach. But sand does get into everything. Oh, and I think that he, in his dream, like they were in the north or something. Right. So he, he knows she, there's several things agreeing with them going north. Right. So they're going to look for these talk to the priestesses about coming. It's his task after the all the Horde King spoke. His assignment is go talk to the priestess, get them to come here and see if they can do something about this mist. And the Vorikar trials are currently taking place. They just started. So, and Eric is off at those trials. Yeah. I said, yeah. Eric gets his own book. Yes. I, I think he will. Why else would she have made such a big deal about, there's a lot of characters that she could write more Mm -hmm. books about that were being introduced to. Yeah. And then when Eric gave Maeve the Perroki and the warriors to leave, Maeve made a comment about like, now I owe you in the future. Like I'll owe you one. So I'm definitely thinking Eric can come back around Mm-hmm. and call in that like debt somehow well i think there's got to be a future future books anyway with explanation well never mind we'll talk about that in the wrap-up so this book ends with them swimming in the drew car sea after they have sex so they're you know they're having a great time and i love that it was like full circle with how the book started yeah i did too so that was the end of the book you want to talk about your rating yes i love this series i love this author i'm besides the fact that she has really good sex scenes between her characters she also has a really good storyline which i like it makes it a lot more interesting to me um that there's a balance and a mutual respect between the characters i am gonna rate this book for very wet panties now let me ask you because you and i both really liked book number two did you like this one more than book two or about the same or less i don't know what it was about book two i loved book two i probably have to say book two was a five wet panty thing for me what about you so book number two was my favorite but after reading this book this is now my favorite oh really Yes, I absolutely loved this book. And I will give it five wet panties. Oh, 
Oh. I don't have any complaints about it, which is shocking because I really don't like friends to lovers or sec. This was kind of second chance. Right. Also. Yes. I usually don't like those, but this was so well done. Mm -hmm. Once I started reading this book, I like flew through it and it was really hard for me to not like this was one of those books where every time I got pulled back into reality and the real yeah. world, I was actually pissed off because I didn't yeah. want to stop reading the book. <laughs> That's really funny because I go through a little bit of a depression when I'm done with a book that I really, really like because... I'm out of that fantasy and I'm so happy that we stumbled across this author because her books really do just wrap me up in yeah. her whole world. I am there in the horde. Yeah. I think I also really liked this one because she is such a different female main character from the other books. Up until this point, they're all human. So all four books, it's a Dakari male and a human female. The other females were like humans in human settlements. Right. And they were like, you know, had all of that kind of like personal stuff that came along with that because she was so different. I think that's why I liked it so so much. Well, I think there's something that's going to come out about the fact she was found in this forest. I think there's something about her. Well, and then also they did say in this book that the first hybrid oh, right. pregnancy was 30 years yes. ago. And she's 29 years old. Yes. So is she actually a hybrid herself? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm like, there has to be some sort of follow up to this. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe she's like, is, let me just totally go off on a tangent here. Is it possible because the, the king was whoring around? Is it possible that her actual <gasps> father is oh, the king? I don't know. And she'll be a princess and she'll be like half sister to that bastard horde king. Who the hell? I don't know. I'm not the author of this series, but I'm really looking forward to the next book. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Book number five is already out, but I haven't started it yet. Yeah, I started the next book that we're supposed to be reading for the podcast. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. I did. Well, it's long, I so that. I'm like, I need to start this. Yeah, I'm hoping to start that tomorrow. And last night I could... I, there was no way I could have read last night. I was too... Yeah. I was clonopined out. I needed a clonopin. And I... <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I... It, yesterday was too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, but today I'm better. So, you know That's what? Good. Yeah, thank, you got to roll with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So do you oh, want to say what, what? Before we wrap this up, if, uh -huh. if people are listening, we, I had Rachel post a question because I really would like an answer to this. I really want to know on our Instagram account, I asked Rachel to post a question about the, there's a huge female following of these alpha male paranormal not even just paranormal, but alpha male romances. And I'm wondering how many of these women would be attracted to that in real life? I would like people to answer that question if they can and let us mm -hmm. know what do you, is it just the fantasy of the alpha male or do they, because I, I know my answer and my answer is maybe in the bedroom, I would like it, but I certainly wouldn't like it in my relationship. I actually had a marriage where the guy was expected to be very alpha. He was very alpha and alpha throughout. I didn't like it. And 
crush my spirit a little, but mm-hmm. I like to read about it in these books. Yes, I did make that post. We've gotten likes on the post, but no comments. I'm actually the only person that commented on the post. Well, I guess so- I can go in and comment. But, but come on, you chickens. Come on. Yeah. Step up. Step up. Do you, do you like the alpha, quote unquote, alpha behavior in real life or in real life in your partners? Would it be a turn off? Yeah. Come on. I'm definitely interested. We're all friends here. No judgment. Obviously. It's a safe space. Yeah. Have you heard what we say? For the love of God. <laughs> yeah. If we can confess all of this yes, stuff. Yes. We bear our souls to you. Yeah, you can confess it on your keyboard. There you go. (laughs) All right. So the next book we're going to read is... Kiss of Midnight by Lara Adrian. It's book number one in the Midnight Breed series. Yes, and this is a new author for me. Me too. Okay. And that book we are going to also do as a two-parter. Yeah, it's long too. This book is not in KU, so apologies in advance. We usually pick books that are in KU. But I did see this book in my library as an option to check out. So the book has been around for a while, so maybe you can check it out from your library if you want to read it and not pay for it. Oh, that's funny because I didn't realize that. I just paid for it. I mean, I think it's only like three bucks, right? So it's I not don't know. expensive. I don't know. I always want to push people to try to read and not spend too much money if they, you know, so right. I know money's hard for people. So yes. we usually do the KU, but this one, you know, check out Hoopla or Libby. I'm a big advocate of both of those apps. I am doing a shit ton of audiobook listening oh, are through you? the Hoopla app. Oh. Yes, I'm currently listening to book one in the Bridgerton series. Oh my God, that's so funny. I love that series. It's fucking hilarious by the way. Oh, I'm going like, to listen to it then. It's really good. Okay. So definitely recommend using the apps if you don't want to actually go to the library. You know, use an app and you can do it from your home. Cool. And then I recorded the wrap up. Uh, so Yay! we don't have to do the wrap up. I'm just going to okay. plug that puppy in at the end and w- we're done. Okay, great. Awesome. All right, babe. You have a great okay. day. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm-hmm.